1: Bring in show music, please.
0: This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast. Congress down to the debt ceiling deadline. Former director of the Office of Management and Budget, Mick Mulvaney.
2: We have this same song and dance show every 18 months now
0: the dance and the drama in DC. Former Senator Heidi Heitkamp also joins us.
3: Nancy would be smart to advance the infrastructure bill, have a victory for Joe Biden, and build momentum to get this second reconciliation done.
0: The latest vaccine data, a CDC warning, and what can lead us out of the pandemic.
1: If, in fact, you do get COVID and you are in a bad situation, by the way, you're going to therefore then start taking drugs and other medications. You know, if you think that this is experimental, Regeneron is too. All of these things are.
0: Those stories, plus the rest of today's news that got us squawking, Dollar Tree, not a dollar anymore... A new chair of the business roundtable and cheers, liquor stocks bouncing back.
1: I just like a drink with an umbrella in it.
0: It's the last day of September, the last day of Q3, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now.
1: Stand under by in three, two, one, Qander. Good morning, and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I can't say welcome back to Squawk Box because this is really the beginning no, you of today's Squawk Box, but it- Welcome back from yesterday. yesterday.
4: Mm -hmm. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin, along with Joe Kern. Becky's off today. Elon is waiting. I don't know. Uh, The progressives seem like they're flexing. We'll see now to Washington, where the Senate has struck a deal, at least to avoid a government shutdown, just about a day uh, left to do so. But that agreement comes as uh, the House signs off on a measure to suspend the debt ceiling. But that bill is likely dead on arrival once it hits the Senate. And then you've got today's Thursday, Ilan, who joins us now with more. The last thing I heard, Speaker Pelosi said it's like hour by hour. So we've got three hours to see if anything changes with the bipartisan deal. And is it, In your uh, heart of hearts, Ilan, will there be a vote on that today, do you think, the infrastructure bill?
5: I do not know, Joe. Um, we will get to that in just a moment. But first, I'm going to tell you about the good news out of Washington, because there is one thing that Republicans and Democrats do agree on, And that is keeping the government open now congress is planning to vote on a bill today that would keep the lights on through december the third the senate will go first then the house and both parties are confident that they can send it to the president's desk before the deadline at midnight now the debt ceiling however that is still up in the air the house passed a bill that would have suspended the debt limit through december sixteenth, 2022 though it is going nowhere in the senate amid united republican opposition Also happening in the House today, as you mentioned, that vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill, theoretically, Democratic leadership is essentially daring progressives to follow through on their promise to block it unless the social spending package has passed as well. But the head of the Progressive Caucus, Representative Pramila Jayapal, was clear.
0: We are not going to leave behind women. We are not gonna leave behind people who need housing. We are not gonna leave behind climate change. So this is, we're not leaving that behind. And that's why we can't vote for the bipartisan infrastructure bill until we pass the Build Back Better Act, which is 70% or more of the president's agenda.
5: Now those negotiations were going on right up until the last minute. You can see how Speaker Nancy Pelosi working the phone here, even at the congressional baseball game last night.
2: Over to Huffman for the out as Jake Elsie Grounds out to start the inning as uh, Nancy Pelosi on the phone, or maybe she's just, you know, seeing what else, who else she can get here to the ballpark tonight. She has a lot on her plate right now. Believe you me.
5: President Biden working the field, chatting up both Republicans and Democrats.
2: Oh, that's why we have a break. The President of the United States, actual
4: President of the United States, not the racing presidents, folks. There's President Biden. President Biden is in the house. There he is.
5: The reason why this is in question, Joe, is because no specific time has been set for that infrastructure vote today. And so it could be a late night on Capitol Hill. Back over to you.
4: I don't want to blindside you with with important info. Do you rem- Do you know the score and, and who won? I, I need to look. I mean, you need to look that up. Do you know, the what? Republicans
5: happened? won. I don't know this. I don't know the score. the score inning by inning. But Republicans did win. And I think it was maybe the second time they'd won in a decade.
4: Yeah, I, it, ca- I can't say that I'm a sports rare. fan, Joe. It's like the National League. Kind of winning an, an all-star game, uh, Ilan, um, you're gonna be around. That's hour by hour. That means you can be called upon at any time. I'll be upon around any... next hour. You will I'll be around
5: next hour. Don't worry.
4: Perfect. All right. And yeah. then if something I'll happens, maybe maybe are after that, they seem like they uh, they're serious. I, th- I don't know. Are they? I, t- I just I wish I knew who to believe because it's right because they say these things and they're always posturing and kabuki dancing.
5: Well, you got to think that there is something else that the president or that Democratic leadership could offer to progressives as some sort of assurance that they will move forward on the social spending package. But I think the problem is that it's not the president and Pelosi and Schumer who can offer it to him, to the progressives. It's going to be Manchin and Cinema, And they've been unwilling to to sort of lay down their markers for where they think this bill should land. And so that's the problem. This is really a three or four, even five way negotiation. And that's leaving progressives in the lurch.
1: All right, Alan. Thanks. Meantime, let's talk a little uh, vaccine news. Uh, AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine now demonstrating a 74 percent efficacy at preventing symptomatic disease. It's according to new U.S. clinical trial data of 17,600 6, 17, participants who got the vaccine. There were no cases of severe or critical symptomatic COVID and no deaths. That compares to eight severe cases and two deaths in the placebo group. There are also no cases of a rare but serious blood clotting side effect that had been linked to the Astrazeneca vaccine in July. The company said it plans to file for full approval for the vaccine in the U.S. rather than emergency use authorization, that finally expected later this year. The question that I have about that is, when you have 74% efficacy to mm-hmm. prevent symptomatic, yep. and this is sort of in the sort of in the league of where J and J is, but now that we know these 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 different drugs and how they work, you know, wouldn't you? If you had the choice, I mean, the first time around, everybody was just trying to get you know, access to a vaccine. If you had the choice, wouldn't you want to get access to Moderna or Pfizer, where at least, you know, the initi-
4: at least you start in the nineties? Well, I can even split that further. I think you know, my wife, I think did get Moderna, but I think my son got Pfizer. It was like hit or miss. You right. had it depending on the day you went, well, today totally. we have Pfizer, today we have right. So, me getting Moderna means now, I'm, I, if, you know, as a geezer, I'm not, I cannot get the, the, uh, the booster, booster yet. Yeah. I can't get right. the booster right now. And if by chance I had gone on the day when they had Pfizer, you'd have the booster. So it's really arbitrary. It's very strange. But Moderna probably won't be that long, uh, a month or two. From, I think
1: we're going to wait a little bit more for that. And, and I also think we're going to have studies very soon, because Meg's talking about this, about mixing, mixing, and, mixing and matching. matching. Yeah. <laughs> but so how would it work? Do you think you, people would you'd take the AstraZeneca first and then you'd? decide,
4: well, actually, I need to bump it to the to an mRNA version? I have said on the record, I think messenger RNA vaccines are, are awesome. And, you know, right. you get your share of stuff that yep. comes in. I, I have people that, that, that are like, they just can't believe that I would say that. They think it's like poison or, or, or something. They really do. And, and there, I guess, there have been some adverse side effects. Obviously, right. you see it on your yep. uh, Twitter feed, too. But... To someone that has a question about any of the individual vaccines, just suggesting that you mix and match, they must be like, are you out of your mind, right? Because they think the DNA is like or RNA that it's re- recombining and it's going to go in and, you know, years from now, you're going to have six heads or I don't know what. There, there, there are conspiracy yep. theories out there and, and mixing and matching is going to be a, maybe a bridge too far unless we really have data, but we don't have any long-term data on any of this, which is another one of the talking points right. that, that you see a lot. Right. Children, with the risk relatively low of a really serious outcome, that's what a lot of people hang their hat on or saying, I don't no, think no, children no, should get I, it
1: at all. That's why I think the hesitancy, you know, I think there's a lot of effort being put on, you know, when, when, when are children, and my, my kids will get the vaccine, Right. You know, the, the first opportunity. Right. But I think the idea that everybody's going back to work, everybody, all of these things are going to happen almost like that. I don't know, because I think the hesitancy is
4: going to be even, even higher. Well, why are you so... What in your mind makes you so comfortable that long-term side effects aren't, aren't uh, something that... I agree with you, by the way. Right. And I would... If I had young kids, I would too. But just to be sure. But how are you so sure? And do you understand how someone would be... Look, I understand why people are hesitant about I, a, I, I introducing something into you. Look, you,
1: you, I, you know, Adam Silver is dealing with this in the NBA right now. because there's, there's a number right. of, of high profile NBA players right. who are who are. Who Were you a flu hesitant.
4: shot guy? I was not a big flu shot. I was not person. a big flu
1: shot guy for a different reason, which is that I just never found that it worked for me,
4: as you know, because I oh, right. used to right. get the flu constantly. <laughs> Once again, you need a good immune. System if you got the crappy have, immune. right, maybe you're not sleeping enough. Well, that's you know that's uh,
1: that's a hazard of this of this profession. It is the morning show profession. And you get six different jobs, so that, that... Um, Let's tell everybody about something else though that's going on, which is that the CDC is now out with an urgent advisory for pregnant women, telling them to get vaccinated against COVID-19. It's the agency's strongest guidance yet, and comes as more than 125,000 COVID cases have been reported in pregnant women. More than 22,000 have been hospitalized with the virus, while at least 161 pregnant women have died from COVID-19. 22 of those deaths occurred in August alone. Now, the CDC says only 31% of pregnant women have been vaccinated. Another one. Another, another
4: you, if you, you know, if right. you were someone you loved was with child, would you just, I, I think I'd say do it. I would do it. Because the,
1: of Yes. Yes. Yes, I would do it. I would do it. And the other, I mean, there's another reason, which is to say that if, in fact, you do get COVID and you are in a bad situation, you're, by the way, you're going to therefore then start taking drugs and other medications that, right. you know, if you think that this is experimental or that hasn't, you know, is, is emergency use authors, I mean, everything. Regeneron is, too. All of these things are.
4: And so right. it just anyway, that's fine. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, it, we're going to move on, but you think of all we've been just we take it for granted in the last 75 80 years What we used to how we used to weren't we still using leeches almost not literally 80 years ago But at one point they're still bleeding people in within the last 150 years so We've come a long way with a lot of what would have been seen as experimental medicine long right. ago all of this You know molecular biology the things that we've developed monoclonal antibodies all these things
1: Trade Group Business Roundtable has now appointed GM CEO Mary Barra as its next chair. She's going to head the coalition of CEOs of some of the biggest U.S. companies representing their interests in Washington. She is the first woman to lead the group, succeeding Walmart CEO Doug McMillan, who will complete his term at the end of the year. Of course, the Business Roundtable, several years ago now, uh, making that um, statement about the purpose of a company and um, changing what the purpose is and uh, she will be uh, leading that effort uh, taking over as we just said from Doug McMillan. Pretty cool. Pretty cool for Mary.
4: Pretty cool. Did you think this is an in, in inflation? That's immediately what I thought. You're talking about the do- Dollar Tree? Yeah. Selling stuff for more than a dollar? It costs more than a dollar. It does. How, how do you sell for more than for, for less than a dollar a if it costs more than a dollar? a lot dollar.
1: of stuff in the Dollar Tree for a while now that's more than a buck. Oh there have?
4: Yes. Do you ever go to Dollar Tree? No. no. I never have. I have? have. I have. I heard you can go there and have a lot of fun with, like, Halloween decorations Yes, you can, or actually. A lot a of, joy. yes. Dollar Tree uh, is planning some price hikes. A retailer which sells nearly everything uh, for a dollar will add more products at slightly higher prices thanks to supply chain issues. What you can call that inflation. A tight labor market and inflation. The company said it would start selling some items for $1.25. And a dollar fifty. A dollar fifty would be a fifty percent increase. So that uh, that's not five percent inflation. The stock rose more than sixteen percent after yesterday's announcement, kind of be unshackled from from the dollar. But given Jay Powell, I mean, how long are these dollar stores gonna? You're gonna become like the ten dollar yeah Dollar Tree. Yeah, I do, I do. Like the five Zim- Dollar Tree, the Zimbabwe Dollar Tree, which you need like a trillion of them to buy a piece of gum.
0: Coming up on Squawk Pod Congress, the clock is ticking on debt, on infrastructure, on taxes. Mick Mulvaney, former OMB director and former acting White House chief of staff.
2: The debt limit is going to be raised. There's no question about it. If these bills are clean, they probably pass fairly easily with bipartisan support. And Heidi Heitkamp, former Democratic senator.
3: I'm not sure I agree with that. I think you're misreading the tea leaves over in the Senate.
0: This is Squawk Pod from CNBC, and our main story today, deadlines in Congress. The Senate reached a deal to avoid a government shutdown when the calendar turns to October 1st. That's tonight at midnight. It's a busy day in D.C., but there's no debating in baseball. Mostly. Here's Alon Moy with more.
5: Welcome back to Squawk Box. I'm Elon Mui in Washington. Congress is prepared to avert one crisis, but there are still plenty of other pitfalls in Washington today. The drama in D.C. today is really now around the fate of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Moderate and progressive Democrats remain deadlocked over it, as well as over the bigger social spending package. Well, President Biden held last minute talks with Democratic leaders Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in the Oval Office yesterday.
1: How was the meeting with the president, Madam Speaker? Have you
5: heard that Senator Cinema
0: or Senator Manchin have provided any more details?
5: The White House called both pieces of his agenda must-pass priorities. And as she returned to the Capitol, Pelosi said her plan is still to bring the bill to the floor today.
6: This was a victory, and you are ignoring it. It is a great victory. We're for not us. ignoring it, but we just and we are sending us. over to the Senate, and they will send us the CR tomorrow. So we'll get two of those challenges off the table, which are time consuming.
5: But scheduling the vote doesn't mean she has the votes. Pelosi was still working the phone last night during the congressional baseball game. President Biden made an enthusiastic appearance as well. And there was video on Twitter of people in the stands chanting 3.5, 3.5 as a reference to that social spending package, Joe. But I don't think anyone was out there chanting infrastructure. Back over to you.
4: Ilana, is it Stuby? Do you know who Greg Stuby is? Do you know what I'm talking about? He's a, a congressman. He, he hit it. He hit it out of the park. I don't
5: know who Stuby is. Oh, he hit the home run. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. did.
4: But he didn't just hit the home run. That's the first time since this game moved to Nationals, uh, to that park, that, that someone has hit it. Uh out of the park. i mean it looks like a real game, doesn't it i mean they got their uh uniforms he's a republican too uh and not not for nothing but uh yeah it's not the harlem globetrotters i don't know what you're trying to suggest here what do you mean
1: like this is some kind of fake baseball game
4: oh no i wasn't how was i suggesting that no, i thought you were you were sort of like that's the congressional no, game I know. it's fast pitch did you I see know. the pitch yeah i mean full equipment and and a home run oh look suggesting that, but it's, those aren't the Nationals. That's not the Dodgers. That Those are Congress people. Yes. All right. Thanks, Alan. Join us now. Mick Mulvaney, who served in the Trump administration as White House Chief of Staff and OMB Director. He's now a founder of Exegis Capital. And Heidi Heitkamp sends gifts. Former Senator of North Dakota sent me a Fargo t-shirt. That's a really, really nice oh yeah. Heidi Heitkamp. You, where's your, yours is in the mail. Maybe, he, he, maybe Andrews is in the mountain. mail. She's now founding board member of One Country Project and a CNBC uh, contributor. Thanks to you both. Um, Heidi, um, is it Stuby? Do you know? Mulvaney, do you know? You must know.
2: Is it Stuby? It's it's Greg Stuby from Florida.
4: Did you play? Did you, did you ever play, Nick? Did you, you never? You never hit one out of the park,
2: did you? No, I I played for six years. By the way, a great piece of trivia: the last person to actually hit the ball over the fence in the game was Ron Paul back in the nineteen nineties. So it's been a long time since that happened. That is amazing. So Rand's father, Ron, the uh, the, the libertarian. All right, let, let's
4: start. So Heidi, lately, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I get, I still get tweets about you that a lot of people think you've really come around in in terms of of spending and not being as much, you know, raising taxes as much. Are you the right person to be in a, a debate with Mulvaney, or are you ready to switch <laughs> parties at this point?
3: Well, Uh, On on the debt limit, I think I am the right person because I think Mick will have to admit that um, almost eight trillion dollars of that debt was added during the administration he served in, raising the the debt of this country over 30 percent. Maybe the people who voted for that ought to actually extend the debt limit. And so this this game that the Republicans are playing on the debt limit it, number one, is dangerous. Number two, it, it it flies in the face of the fact that 30 percent of that debt was done during the Trump administration.
2: What do you think, Mick? It's already been spent. This is the ability to spend money going forward. I hear this all the time. We, we, we have this same song a dance show every 18 months now as to whether or not it's your debt or my debt. The debt limit is going to be raised. There's no question about it. What you're seeing this morning on funding the government should be uh, educational, which is there's bipartisan support to fund the government. There's also bipartisan support to raise the debt ceiling if you do just those things. As Heidi will tell you, if these bills are clean, what we call clean bills that are just single-issue bills, they probably pass fairly easily with bipartisan support. But it's when one party or the other, typically the party in charge, but not always, tries to gain leverage using adding something else to the bill that you get in trouble. A clean debt ceiling vote would pass easily in the Senate And Heidi knows it.
3: I'm not sure I agree with that. I think that Mick, uh, Mick, I think Mitch is holding it hostage. And I think that um, I I think you're misreading the tea leaves over in the Senate. I think they want to put maximum pressure on the uh, secondary spending bill, on the reconciliation bill. And they want to leverage a very dangerous tool. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Janet Yellen said uh, the drop dead date is October 18th. That, that she's done. After that, she can't use any more extraordinary measures. We need to do this today. I I, I, I really think that uh, uh, Mitch McConnell will not do a clean debt limit increase.
2: You know, Joe, I wish everybody had been to the game last night and went to the game every single year. That game is probably the highlight of bipartisanship uh, in the year. I think Heidi used to play. I can't remember or not. But it really is shows that People have friends across the aisle, we could work across the aisle, um, and if we actually sat down to do something on a bipartisan basis, we could. What Heidi forgets is that the Democrats used leverage to raise the, uh, the spending in 2017. They wanted more money. Everybody uses leverage in Washington, D.C. It's up to the party in charge to sort of step back and say, you know what, let's do it the right way, let's do it on a bipartisan basis and move forward. We're not going to agree on the $3.5 trillion, you're absolutely right. But when it comes to the basics, funding the government and raising the debt ceiling, there's Absolutely bipartisan support in Washington for that. If you handle it properly,
3: I, I think the interesting thing that's going on is whether this infrastructure package will pass. And I think everybody's looking at this as if there's not going to be one Republican vote, and you have to get every Democrat vote. That's not true. I think you're going to get you know a fair percentage of Republicans who are going to vote for that infrastructure package because they want to bring back that bridge or that hospital or that you know project that they've been waiting on. Um, so so I think Nancy would be smart to advance the infrastructure uh, bill, have a victory for Joe Biden, and build momentum to get this uh, second reconciliation done.
2: I I think she's probably right, Joe. I think she's probably right. Could it pass today,
4: do you think, Mick? I mean, you still have, you you know people. You know people that know people.
2: I think here's the sticking point of the 1.2 trillion, because I think Senator Heidkamp is right. In that there is Republican support for it, um, even though it's not all infrastructure. There's a good bit of infrastructure, and there's probably half real infrastructure and half junk. But that's pretty good for Washington D.C. But they want to make sure that it is a standalone piece of legislation. When I talk to my Republican friends, they're like, "Look, if if I knew it was just the infrastructure bill, I could support it." If somehow it contributes in some fashion to the 3.5 trillion, which is actually not the right number, it's probably north of five, but if it contributes to that larger social spending bill passing, then I don't think I can support it. So if if Mrs. Pelosi wanted to really pass the infrastructure, she should come out and say, look, we're going to deal with these two things separately. But from the very beginning, they've been tied together. And that is what's sort of giving Republicans hesitancy about supporting the uh, the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill.
3: The, the, the infrastructure bill, the, the one that's being considered in the House, is a baked cake. It's not going to change. It's yes or no. And so at the end of the day, Republicans are gonna have to make up their mind. Both United States senators from North Dakota supported that bipartisan bill. I think that it would be awfully hard for our Congressman not to support it, given the support that it has right here at home among various construction industries and people who work in construction. So I think think we've gotta wait to see how many Republicans, and I think those Republicans could in fact uh, give the margin of victory for the infrastructure package today.
1: Hey, Heidi, I haven't had a chance to talk to you in quite a while. And we have I just need to talk to you about the stepped up basis issue. because That's what I was talking about it at the top. I know. But I got I got it. I don't uh-huh. understand. I, I don't understand, Heidi. I don't understand. I know you. I think I know you. I like you. I don't understand her her perspective. She likes on, farmers. Well, I understand she loves farmers. But I, at some point. Andrew, yes. Andrew,
3: not the stepped up basis. It was the tax at death that I mean, I, I can't tell how many, I can't say how often I've had to explain this, there's three things. What's the rate? How do you calculate the tax base? And what's the incidence of the tax? And for the first time, this package would have taxed unrealized capital gain. And that's my objection. That's my argument. I think they needed to do some better carve outs for stepped up basis for family businesses. I don't think that they really figured that out very well. And so I'm I'm for stepped up basis reform. I just don't think you should tax unrealized capital gains.
1: So how should it work?
3: Well, if you have a carry forward basis, you right. can carry forward basis. And then eventually when the assets sold, the in, basis per, in perpetuity, is not the though. Basis that so could your family,
1: could, your family ostensibly could carry it forever.
3: Well, Sure. I mean, you know, but but, you know, I, I, I like to remind people that the Rockefellers don't own standard oil anymore. People eventually, you know, alienate these assets. And, and the big t- tax dodge here is uh, is uh, charitable giving that 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 game will never be taxed. So a lot of the people people are focused on are people who have given the pledge to give money to charity. That capital gain will never get taxed under anybody's proposal.
4: All right. Heidi Heitkamp. Thank you, uh, Mick Mulvaney. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for being with us this morning.
0: Coming up, the bed, the bath, the beyond, and other news you can use. Well, booze news.
4: I drink Chardonnay now with my little yeah. finger up, and I'm not afraid to say it. Good for you. I'm not there yet.
0: More Squawk Pod right after this.
6: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.
1: Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the Nasdaq market set in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky is off today. Check out shares. We, we joke. We Josh about this. Bed, bath and beyond. In every guess, there's this truth. This morning after the company's quarterly results missed on the top and bottom lines. Comps also missed and the company cut its forecast citing supply chain problems. That is a very real problem. Also higher costs. We have not gone in there together on a Sunday, rainy Sunday afternoon. No, while to look at at the Britas and uh, and vaporizers and duvets and the do you have a heavy one yet you mean a weighted duvet yeah I I have one weighted duvet Uh, not a duvet a weighted blanket but I I don't know if I like it I'll be
4: honest I'm not going to ask you much more about what you sleep in I just don't think well I told you that that, uh, that the one
1: great purchase of the pandemic for the Sorkin family was this thing called an eight sleep mattress cover which Controls the temperature of your bed. I'm talking
4: about your apparel,
1: if there is any. I don't know why you would. uh, (laughs) Joseph, we've got to step it up. Yep. We've got to step up
4: the Bed Bath and Beyond visits. I've said it many times. They don't sell beds. I mean, it's false advertising. It's the beyond part. It's beyond the bed. Okay. But why have bed as the first word? Bedding. It doesn't say bedding. Squawk Booze News. Diageo reporting a strong start to the fiscal year, although uh, it warns that near-term volatility will likely remain. The world's largest liquor maker with brands like, uh, I don't even know that brand, do you? Bulleit Bourbon? I don't. My parents were, Bullet. Oh, because oh, it's spelled wrong. Perfect. Um, it is? Okay, Bullet. I've never seen Bullet. Have you ha- ever had one? Maker's Mark. My parents always uh, loved that Maker's Mark. Johnny Walker Scotch. Kettle One Vodka. Isn't vodka a weird premium business? It tastes like nothing, but you can charge so much I to just, ask for a Grey Goose or something?
1: I just like a drink with an umbrella in it. You know what I mean? Know, I know that, you do. That's do.
4: Even in, the, in, a, in a spitzer? Even in the winter. In a wine spitzer, you still like oh, an umbrella? One, no. No, No, oh, you don't. Okay. No. You mean, okay. I got frozen. You are not a big drinker. You no. You really not. I'm really not. I, I, I'm like Paul McCartney. I, am, I like a margarita. I love a margarita. I oh, love a, a margarita. A margarita or I drink chardonnay now with my little finger up. I do. I do, and I'm not afraid to say it. Good for you. I'm not there yet. Anyway, Diageo says. <laughs> put ice I, in it? Uh, no, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. You know what I really liked? Uh, at the U.S. Open, I like those um, what were they called? Uh, Deuce something or other. Oh, you know what? I like those drinks. They're really good. Yep. Some weird uh, liqueur goes in with the I, lemonade. I can and, get behind uh, that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, North American business Diageo said is performing strongly despite uh, supply chain constraints. Its uh, recovery in Europe is ahead of expectations, but the travel retail business uh, continues to be uh, disrupted. How about a Pim's cup? It's like another thing, you, it's, a, it's Wimbledon.
1: You have strawberries and cream and a Pimm's cup. That's oh, yeah, I did have one yes. like that.
4: It's kind of a champagne type. It's uh, a little bit darker, but it has a in How about like a a in Sprit,
1: it. Oh, I mean, in, uh, can we order one right now? In Rome. When in Rome, here we are.
0: Well, that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin becky will be back tomorrow you can follow squawk pod wherever you get your podcasts it's free you can listen anytime and if you could tell us what you think leave a rating or click write a review on apple podcasts and put in a few thoughts that helps other listeners find squawk pod that's it we'll meet you right back here tomorrow
1: we are clear thanks guys